Hello, beautiful people. This is Puneet Sharma, your friend and host. Welcome to the Karma Social Podcast. Today, I have a special treat for you. I have the beautiful Serena Perry with me. Uh, hi, Serena. How are you going? Hi, how are you? Great, great. today. Uh-huh. So what's, what's been happening, Serena? How, how are things going with you? Oh, life, life is good. <laughs> life is great at the moment, actually. Yeah, um, there's a lot happening in my world. I'm, I'm up on the Sunshine Coast now. Oh, wow, um, okay. The, the focus really for me this year has been in, in running events. Um, and as we'll talk a lot about Ayurveda, but really reaching more people with the, the message of Ayurveda in Australia. So that's been my, my focus um, for this year so far. That's excellent. So yeah, um, as um, you know, you were talking about what what you do. Um, yeah, just let's elaborate uh, a little bit on that, so we can let our listeners know uh, exactly what is it that you do and what's the sort of message that you're trying to convey and um, you know teach people. Yeah, that's a really big question, <laughs> and I, I thought about that for a while actually. And I was thinking, how can I encompass something like that into a couple of sentences? Is actually quite difficult. But mm-hmm. um, the word empower comes up a lot for me, mm-hmm. and I don't, I don't actually like to use that much anymore because it's mm-hmm. become one of those sort of buzzwords. And I think after a while, sometimes it reaches a saturation point, and the words start to lose a little bit of the original meaning behind it. Exactly. So I would say I empower people, but really, what I mean by that is, Ayurveda is. Firstly, a 5,000-year-old healing system that uh-huh. originated in India. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the wonderful thing about it is a, a, lot, of the, a lot of the teachings, um, a lot of the... Um, hang on a second. Um, <laughs> sorry about that. That's all right. We've, we've, we've got your lovely daughter uh, you're just sort of moderating this podcast for us today. So that's, that's excellent. Oh, cool. Always, we, we always welcome, you know, um, special features, special guests. So. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll get time to talk about my mate. She's well-versed on that now. So, Excellent um, stuff. Yeah, so what I was saying about Ayurveda, so originated from India over 5,000 years ago, and a lot, if not all, of the, the teachings and the rituals and the mythology and the knowledge behind it still mm-hmm. holds true today mm-hmm. the great thing about it is that a lot of the things that um a lot of the buzzwords that are coming up speaking of buzzwords earlier a lot of the buzzwords that come up these days so if you've heard of um intermittent fasting if you've heard of oil pulling if you've heard of um what else is buzzwords keto keto diet yeah a lot of those sorts of things have their roots in the ayurvedic system and okay. so mm-hmm. while people them to be quite new mm-hmm. they've actually been around for thousands of years so it's a bit funny to think about something that has been around for so long is considered like a, a new trendy thing when right. really it's been around a very long time mm-hmm. um but the great thing about where it's at now is a lot of the teachings with ayurveda that have been around for so long mm-hmm. um were not really embraced, I guess, as much as they are now. And that's because a lot of the, the things that have been around have finally been backed up by a lot of studies and research mm. that's 
So a lot of the, the Western community probably didn't embrace it as much as they are now, mm-hmm. are really starting to take notice of it because something that we've known within the Ayurvedic system or the sages of India have known for thousands of years is now being recognised by the Western medical community. Right. Um, and there's you know now GPs that are recommending things like yoga and meditation as part of a, um, a healthy, <laughs> healthy pro- health program. So Talia, I did prep her on this before the call and she has been known to pop in on an occasional webinar and that's, stuff from time to time or a client that's consultation. Ex- but- that's excellent. So people, for people who are just listening, we, um, like I said, we have a special, you know, um, moderator for this uh, particular yeah. podcast. She's just uh, being all cute as a button in the background and just, you know, walking around. So. Um, yeah, if you if you hear um, a little you know cute girl talking in the background, that's Talia. And um, well, she... I will actually speak speak to her uh, uh, while we're on the topic of Talia. Actually, um, mm-hmm. I, I will mention something to do with Talia because she's a big part of the reason why um, I'm now doing what I'm doing. That's excellent. Um, so the, the, I guess there were two which I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but there were two defining moments for me that sort of led me to, to this point in my life with Mm -hmm. where I'm at within Ayurveda. And that is um, the first one was when um, I had to make the decision to switch off my mum's life support at quite a young age. She was, she was an alcoholic and and suffered from mental health issues for probably most of her life. And Mm -hmm. She was, you know, in and out of um, rehab facilities and, and basically at the time sort of tried all the traditional things in, in, uh, to be able to um, overcome that. And mm-hmm. in the end, she wasn't able to. And so I remember sitting in the hospital, the Royal Brisbane Hospital, um, on the, the 18th of April, mm. um, 2006. Never forget, never forget wow. that day. And basically, because I was her only child, and she mm-hmm. was had separated from my um, my dad, I had mm-hmm. to to make that decision as um, her power of attorney next kin or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, and I remember, you know, having to make that decision, how difficult it was at the time. Um, but then that was the the first defining moment for me when I was there in the hospital with her and had to to make that decision. And I remember thinking about how difficult a decision that was at the time Mm -hmm. and what like a, a huge responsibility and weight had been placed on my shoulders Mm -hmm. at that moment. Um, And really not equipped to deal with it. uh, I didn't feel at the time. Um, At the time I was barely able to cope with my own life and wow. health, let alone have to be responsible for somebody else. How old um, were you then? Uh, when I'm sorry to interrupt, but yeah, uh, I was early twenties. Wow. Okay. That's that's you know still a very um, tender age when you're just basically forming um, the world uh, around you and becoming more and more aware about the situation. So. I completely, yeah. you know, I understand it must have been a really tough um, decision, but, you know, um, you've, you've actually come uh, a long way since, if I'm not wrong, and you've, you've become uh, what you are because of those hard decisions and hard times that you face, haven't you? Yeah, I agree totally. You mm. know, and I was able to, many years later, and a lot of work that I've done on myself to be able to get to this point, 
and I'm hoping that I can help people short circuit like uh-huh. doing it because that's what I did and I fought doing it the easy way I basically found every possible hard way to do it <laughs> <laughs> until I then relinquished that that need to be able to you know to control it comes back down to that control thing again mm. um, and then um, yeah allowed myself to I guess to follow the road that I needed to rather than the, the one that I was trying to force but yeah that was I guess the first defining moment Um, the second one for me was, and I wanted to bring up Talia was when, when that happened with my Mm mum, I then made a, a conscious, um, a conscious decision that I really wanted to create something different. Mm -hmm. Even when I had a family for myself, you know, Mm -hmm. I didn't ever want my kids to be able to, to have to be able to be in that situation and have to make that decision. I know so much about life is out of our control, mm-hmm. um, but really that was something that I thought I'm going to at least give her the best start that I can at life. Right, um, right. Like there were a lot of lessons that I had to learn because I didn't have the, the best start. I had no role models about you know, I had no idea about what good health looked like. Mm-hmm. I had some really good role models around what bad health was uh-huh. um, and what that looked like. Mm-hmm. But I didn't really have any idea, any clue about what wellness looked like, what health looked like growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, I just knew that I really wanted to create something different for my own family. Um, and that was really important to me. Um, and so I guess that was the second second defining moment. I'd come a long way in my journey up to that point. Right. Um, and really now, because of the what I've been able to gain through Ayurveda, I've been able to break that cycle of addiction that's been in my family for really generations. Like um, not just my mother, but my father was an alcoholic as well. And my, my great-grandparents my mm. grandparents, um, you know, it's, there's a long line of addictive personality in my family. And so right. really only being able to be through the, the teachings of, of Ayurveda that I've been able to do that. Uh-huh. Um, so that's been huge. And I, again, I know that so much is out of our control as parents and in our lives. Yeah. Uh, more, more control than what we probably think though. Mm. Um, at least I have some peace of mind around knowing that I've given Talia the best possible start that I can with the knowledge mm. that I've got now. Right. So how, how did you stumble across, uh, or in fact, sorry, I should say, did you stumble across this uh, ancient practice or um, how did you come across this, um, you know, um, the beauty and yeah. uh, the things of uh, the teachings of Ayurveda? So I don't think that anything's ever an accident. Like mm-hmm. we, said Uh you look on things and you go oh now i know why that happened Mm -hmm. Um, and you know i feel like my whole life had to be a certain way in order for me to to get to the point where i was searching for an answer Mm -hmm. as well Mm -hmm. Um, i don't think i'd be here had all of that not have happened to me when i was younger and i can honestly say um after the work that i've done that i've finally been able to come to the point in my life where i'm actually grateful like i obviously didn't want that to happen but i am honestly hand Mm -hmm. to heart grateful for that because um 
I'm now on this journey with so many other people and through being there and, and coming out the other side, I, I know that it can be done, you know, and I, I know what that journey looks like and yeah. I, I can, I guess, empathize and be with people through similar journeys because of um, being on that road myself. Um, mm. But basically what happened was uh, for, for many years after my mum died, I probably honestly didn't really care before mm -hmm. that, if I'm, mm. if I'm really honest, because mm -hmm. I was in my 20s and I was in that sort of phase of I'm invincible, you know, health, wellness. I didn't really yep. even, didn't even cross my mind at that point. Uh -huh. But like when you, and I thought that was normal when you're 20s, but yeah. it was normal for me um, in looking back because from about 17 to 25, I was going down a very similar road to what my both my parents did. Oh, wow. Okay. And so I was um, partying a lot. I was around quite a, a toxic group of people. At one point, I started to, to deal drugs. I was taking drugs. I was... Um, drinking on weekends. Um, mm. It was a, a very toxic environment. I remember sitting one morning actually after being out on a bender probably for the full weekend, sitting mm -hmm. in somebody's house. Mm -hmm. I like the, the sorts of places that I would end up at, I look at now and just go, <laughs> like, someone must have been looking over me yeah. because there were so many near misses of things where I could have ended up honestly dead or in jail. Wow. Um, of those things didn't happen to me. I, 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 I now know at the mm -hmm. time I, but because of this mission that I, I'm here for, I believe that's why. But I remember being at a house, some stranger's house, who you know, when you're out um, after a weekend of partying with people, you think everyone's your best friend and you, you know, you love everyone and <laughs> whatever. But <laughs> I remember sitting there having this conversation. He's like, "Oh, I just got out of jail." Like I was sitting there having this conversation with someone who had just gotten out of jail like that morning and wow. I looked around that room and I'm like, this is my life. Like, wow. Um, and so I just, that was my life into my mid twenties. And then wow. those a few couple of things started to happen to get me to question life and, and what it was really about. So my uh -huh. mom and you know, obviously, um, Talia before Talia actually there was a moment where I, I did actually nearly die um, mm. uh, and I wish that I did I remember being so low um, with fast Hank I should preframe that a little bit so mm. because I basically abused my body for eight years of wow. you know and going and not eating what definitely not eating well and Mm. exercising or anything like that back then mm -hmm. um my body started to react to all of that and right. looking back actually some of the things i think i actually had prior to then but i didn't really recognize it so mental mm. health stuff i mm -hmm. definitely had mm -hmm. um i remember being at school and having moments of now i look back and know they were panic attacks but didn't know they were panic attacks at the time i had no right. idea what was actually going on for me um, so, um, definitely anxiety and depression, which then started to spiral and 
fueling that with drugs and alcohol actually made that 10 times worse. Mm. And then, so my mind was the first thing. Um, and then my body started to then react to everything. So I, right. at one point I was, I, I went to an allergist. I remember and he's like, Oh, you're basically allergic to perfume, air conditioning, um, pollen. He called it seasonal allergic rhinitis, which it, wow. uh, there's mm-hmm. a blanket term that, uh-huh. that people give like chronic fatigue. Um, that that's another one like that mm-hmm. where I, I, it's like when they don't know what you have they've got mm-hmm. to give you a label for a it. label yeah i'm so grateful for that label <laughs> oh that's that's how bad i was i was so bad that when mm. i was diagnosed with something finally i was relieved because okay. i've been for so many years that i was actually wanted to have something like that is a horrible position to be in but that's where i was at so I was allergic to everything, you know, then food, I became like allergic to dairy. Mm. I couldn't eat a lot of food. I got diagnosed with irritable bowel. I had reflux. I had psoriasis everywhere. So bad at one point that I couldn't even wash my hands. Oh God. Um, because okay. my, that my hands were just so sore and red raw that I couldn't actually wash my hands. Um, it was so painful. So my body is just started to shut down and then uh-huh. i remember lying on the bathroom floor wanting to die like and i'd been on some bender probably that weekend and uh-huh. was probably down off all the drugs that i was on and i was just like you know what if this is what life is like for me then i don't really want to be a part of it and when mm. i had you know when i my only I guess idea of what life looked like was from both parents who also died prematurely. I was like, yeah. probably thinking, and I've never actually verbalized this, but probably thinking, well, that's the way that I'm going to go anyway. So right. Okay. Yeah, so I think mm. That was where I was at. And then, then through all these moments that I had, I always remember that there was, always some little glimmer of hope that I held on to that I was going to be destined for something greater than was my moment right then. And uh-huh. I had no idea what it was. At that moment, I had literally nothing. So right. uh, there was something in me, which I'll tie this to Ayurveda because now that I actually understand what this was and mm-hmm. for years I didn't understand, but there was something in me that went, there's, you know, your <clears throat> there's more to life than this for you. Right. Um, mm-hmm. and, you know, and you are going to be able to help other people. And I just was like, yeah, right. I can't even like look after myself. What <laughs> <laughs> um, hope do I help, have of ever helping anyone else? And I even remember around that time, actually, I went to a psychic. I didn't uh-huh. really believe time. It was kind of like one of those things where I was like, yeah, I'll go along for a laugh. And she's yeah. like, oh, I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting healing and healer. And I went, oh yeah, you know, I've, I've been trying to find healers. And she's like, no, no, no. I'm not talking about um, you going to a healer. I'm talking about that you are a healer and I'm picturing you in a room with other people and, and mm. helping other people. I laughed at her. Uh-huh. I laughed at her. What are you talking about? I never even crossed <laughs> my mind that I couldn't even conceive that idea at that wow. point in time. So Sorry, a bit of a long-winded story. That's all right. I'm getting, I'm getting all good. To the point. 
um, but it was important to sort of give you the background. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so then that, that sort of kick-started a journey for me, I guess, of, of trying to find the answers. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was about six, seven, eight years of going to different specialists. Um, I remember going to two special medical specialists who mm -hmm. both diagnosed me with a couple of those issues that I told you about before. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Um, one of them actually said, you're going to be on anti-anxiety medication probably for the rest of your life because he wow. ticked off reasons why I was high risk, you know, family history, mm -hmm. a personality that lends more to that, right. blah, 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 whatever. He put me in this box of, well, good luck ever trying to get off it. Um, uh -huh. And so I, I basically feel like at that time he handed me a bit of a, a, a it was like a bit of a, jail sentence or death right. sentence sort of thing it was mm. like well here's you for the rest of your life and that's that's all all the hope that i have for you oh yeah um, and then around that time the the gastroenterologist i went and saw um wanted to put me on medication for that, those issues and i remember saying to him at the time is there not a cure or some sort of lifestyle thing that i can do for these issues and he's like no you've just got to take this medication which i'd later learned doesn't actually fix it. All it does is suppresses. So it's sort of a band-aid band solution. Is. Yeah. And then people can never come off it because mm. your body actually becomes um, really, um, what's the word? Your body becomes reliant on it. And, and, so you, then, and you become immune, you know, to all of those sort of side effects. You, you want, it just kind of becomes a part of your system, if, if I have to say yeah. that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And so, so mm -hmm. sorry, you go. No, 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 go on. Sorry. Um, you, you were just sharing your story. So, so I, I was going to medical specialist and then I thought, well, this isn't really working. Well, some things worked a little bit, but mm -hmm. I still wasn't feeling really any better. Like despite right. that I was on medication, I was supposed to be feeling better. I'm like, well, I'm having all these issues. I'm getting worse. Uh, you know, I'm going to allergists. I was spending so much money and time. And, mm -hmm. I was, you know, I'd be sitting in the bed at 2 a.m. in the morning on Dr. Google and going, <laughs> rolling my symptoms of like what I had. And I was like, decided that I had cancer and, you know, all this sort of stuff. Do, you know, <laughs> Don't we all do that? Hey, just, you know. know. At <laughs> one point, it was so bad that I convinced myself that my problems were that I had a brain tumor or something. This is how oh, bad wow. my anxiety was. And I was like, mm -hmm. it's definitely physical. I didn't want to admit to myself either at one point that it was a mental thing because I mm -hmm. had all the stigma around that. And I was like, right. oh, it's not, there's nothing wrong with me with that. Uh, it's got to be a physical problem. It can't be a mental thing, you know? So I remember freaking my family out because I rang my auntie who, um, she, she lives in Sydney. She knows a lot of people because she used to be quite well known on TV. Uh -huh. So she's like, oh, Right, well, I'll get you in at the North Shore Hospital. You need to fly down here because I'd convinced her I had something wrong with my brain. Uh -huh. Wow. <laughs> I remember she got me in because like, in Queensland, it was like a six-month wait or something. So she's like, right, oh, I'll gosh. call my contact from my days when I was on TV and I'll get you in at the North Shore Hospital and we'll get mm -hmm. MRIs and blah, blah, blah done. Nothing actually wrong with me physically. And I remember the nurse that was her friend uh -huh. that had known her for 20 years had actually said to my auntie, um, had actually said to my auntie, oh, I think she might have a really bad anxiety issue. She uh -huh. even had 
experienced that at the time and I was like in total denial about it. Right. Um, so this was sort of going on for years uh, and I'm, I'm, I think, and this is going to be tied to what I talk about at the end because this is a key mm-hmm. thing about Ayurveda and why it's so powerful mm-hmm. is because so many people feel lost. This mm. is what I did. I felt so lost. I was like, there's so much information out there. How do I know what information is right for me? Yeah, you know, yep. people go, oh, try this. This worked for me. Okay, so I'll try acupuncture. I went to a naturopath. You know, uh-huh. the first appointment with me was $800. Wow. Um, you know, $300 for the appointment, $500 in supplements. I think a lot of people have been in similar situations. I'm yep. not bagging. Mm-hmm. I feel like everyone has their place. And, mm-hmm. you know, there were some, some um, people that, I saw and supported me through my journey that did help to an extent, mm-hmm. but nothing was really able to help me in the way that I evaded it. But I'll, I'll talk about that more in a minute. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, it was just years of trying to search for solutions and trying right. this and trying that. Some things worked a little bit. Some things didn't work at all. Uh-huh. Other things actually made me worse. So wow. as an example, I um, went on a full raw food diet. So there's uh-huh. a lot of people that oh because it's, um, you know, there's a lot around um, having food that's close to its natural source yep. and the, the closer it is to being in the ground, the healthier it is for you. And mm-hmm. that is true. But at the same time, my body, my digestive system was so bad. And mm-hmm. when you consume a lot of raw food, it actually takes a lot more for your body to be able to digest it, which I had no clue of at the time. Right. Here I was thinking that I was doing the right thing by, you know, having lots of smoothies and juices. Uh-huh. And I remember my at the time um was we were both doing it we did like a 30 day thing wow okay and he was really energetic from it he was feeling really good and i couldn't understand why i felt like i was dying like i just felt bloated i felt sick um i had really bad stomach cramps um Mm -hmm. a lot of um digestive issues headaches nausea and i was like why is something that is supposed to be making me feel good, making me feel so sick, which I now understand why that is, but at the uh-huh. time I didn't. I guess that was really it for me. It's, it was a real journey of trial and error. And then I, um, I saw a post on Facebook for a seminar of uh-huh. Deepak's uh-huh. running in the States. Um, so Deepak, you mean Deepak Chopra, Dr. Deepak oh, sorry. Chopra? Yeah, he and I are on a first first name basis these days. <laughs> <laughs> That's excellent. Um, <laughs> so I remember seeing a post, and another another defining moment was one of those times where, you know, um, actually, just a segue for a second. I, uh-huh. I feel like a lot of things up to that point were me living and coming from a place of fear. Uh-huh. Um, a lot of the decisions that I had been making were really from scarcity and fear-based um, and control um, and stress and worry and all anxiety and all of that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and really that was one of the times where I fully came from a place of, of love. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, cause I remember seeing it and I hadn't really followed him too much up to that point. I'd been uh-huh. really into NLP and a lot of, I had a lot of other ment- mentors in that area I wasn't really spiritual. Like that was around the time of the the psychic thing where it was mm. kind of like, oh, I'll dabble with it. I'm open to it because I was in so much pain at that point that I was really open to trying 
anything. It's so funny. I was like, look, I'm open to it. Sorry. Yeah, I was saying, um, it's, it's funny how, you know, when, when you get to that threshold of pain, you're willing to try anything and everything, you know, last ditch effort. Yeah. So, yeah, um, I, I actually had a chat with um, Cameron Allen um, um, in the episode before this one. And um, yeah. his, his story was something similar because, you know, um, the pain that he felt actually drove him to um, the life that he's living right now. So a lot of people see pain as a negative, but yeah, it, it can be used as a pos positive thing also, isn't it? You can absolutely, mm -hmm. yeah. And as we know through our Tony, Tony uh -huh. teaching, uh -huh. um, can be sometimes uh, more of a motivator because as we've learned, you absolutely. either are going towards pleasure or, or trying to go away from pain. So Get my away. whole life up point was, was away from pain, um, I would say. And I've actually learned to channel how to more powerfully go towards pleasure now through the Ayurvedic system, which I'll talk about. Um, but yeah, so I, so you I saw this post that. here. Uh -huh. Yeah. And I, I just knew that I had to be there. Now I'd just come back from a month of being in South Africa, um, which was part of my healing journey um, uh -huh. through my dad was South African. There was a lot of, of, of work that I needed to do around my dad because my dad actually passed away um, before my mum of a massive heart attack. Oh. I think I was at the time. Uh -huh. So um, that was, there was a lot of stuff around that. So really that, that month in South Africa was a healing journey for me around a lot of things um, to do with, childhood and what had happened with him but right. basically i talia was um a baby then you know i just left my business at the time for mm -hmm. a month i put that on hold and not to mention the financial implications like there were so many reasons why if i looked at it from a logical perspective that yes. i shouldn't have been going uh -huh. but i remember saying to my partner at the time um talia's dad i said mm -hmm. i just have to and he had a moment himself when he was 19 where he did yes. the exact same thing. I totally get what that's like to have mm. to do it. So I totally support you, even though logically it probably didn't make sense. He understood where I was at. Yes. Um, uh -huh. and so I went over there for that. I, my mind was blown. Like, and for the first time, honestly, my entire life, I felt like I was home. Wow. Like, I can't describe that feeling of, being in a community of people that not only actually got me and understood me, but they loved me for that, for who I was. That's I felt like up to that point, um, no one really understood, understood me. Mm -hmm. Um, that was my story. I was giving myself anyway, mm. um, <laughs> around that. I felt like, um, there were a lot of things about how I thought that were different that were not, were not understood and it was sort of against the grain of what was considered normal and I was being pushed into ways of, of being that didn't really um, align with who I was, but I wasn't strong enough at that time to be able to, I guess, follow that path. But mm -hmm. I just remember stepping in that room and going, oh, my God, I've, I've found, I found my place here. That's excellent. Um, that's excellent. Yeah. So, so what what are some uh, some of the basic sort of uh, principle um, Ayurveda works around? Because um, you know, um, 
unfortunately, not a lot of people know about it. Um, me being from, uh, you know, um, Indian background and, you know, born and raised in India, I know a bit about um, the subject, but for people who don't know anything about it, um, exactly, you know, what, what are the bases that it works around? Yeah, well, just before I explain that, though, I just want to um, tack on the end of that story because it's sure. really important. Sure. And that's that I want to make clear to people that I think of someone that had been searching for uh, many years for a solution on all of those health issues that I had mentioned to you mm -hmm. were really chronic by that stage. Mm. Um, I basically put the teachings in place of what I had learned at the Chopra Centre um, and the, the Ayurvedic rituals um, and put them in place for six months. And in six months, I was off all of my medication and was completely symptom-free and had no health issues. So for someone That's that excellent. had basically gone through that for so many years and had no you know, prior understanding of health and wellness and, and how to actually look after myself I think mm -hmm. that's testament to the power of what this can do for people and so I really had no um plan on on studying it at all but mm -hmm. when it did that for me I thought oh my god how can I not learn about this further to be able to then go back and 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 share this with Australians because mm. do this for me what possibility does it have for other people here so that's kind of what was the catalyst that set that off where i then joined his teachers program um and the rest is history i'm still doing further study um and just actually last september it's really awesome because he holds a teachers retreat every year and there's uh -huh. about 50 teachers that go to that from around the world so last september um we were there with him for an intimate week, weekend where we could literally just be in a circle, 50 of us with one-on-one -on -one with Deepak Chopra and uh -huh. talk to him about all the latest stuff that he's doing within, um, you know, within health and wellness around the world, how that relates to Ayurveda and how that ties in with, he ties it in really well, as you know, with a lot of the modern science and mm -hmm. genetics and all of that that's now coming out and ties that back into the ancient teachings. And so mm -hmm. um, it's just incredible what it can do. And I guess, to answer your question, uh -huh. <laughs> it is honestly like nothing else that is out there. And the reason for that is two, twofold mainly is one is that according to the Ayurvedic system, everyone has a unique birth constitution. So mm -hmm. when you're born, you have a unique body mind constitution that mm -hmm. is not like anyone else. And so um, through an assessment we can mm -hmm. very accurately work out what someone's individual constitution is and mm -hmm. so also then what lifestyle principles they need to follow to be right. able to fit in with that. and also um what is going to be beneficial to them is not necessarily going to be what's beneficial to somebody else and so yeah, exactly. i've never seen so tailored to the individual that's the one part about why it's so powerful and and why it was so powerful for me is because mm -hmm. for the first time you know up to that point i'd sort of been in a lot of one size fit all yeah, type stuff yeah. mm -hmm. where it's like well here's our system for gut health or here's our system for you know decreasing anxiety or whatever it was and mm -hmm. so that system like a lot of other systems out there work really well for some people mm -hmm. don't work at all for other people and actually 
are detrimental for other people. Now, right. the way to explain all of those variants is, is people's unique mind-body constitutions. And right. it's not even just what is unique body-wise, but everyone has individual mind characteristics as well that right. really can tell about what your tendencies are, um, what your what you should be eating, what exercise you should be doing. Mm -hmm. um, even the types of meditation, yoga can be tailored to the individual. Um, oh, and, excellent. And to really fit in with their constitution. Right. Um, the second part about, I guess, why it's so powerful is that it's the only system that is complete, I believe. And I yeah. honestly challenge people if they mm -hmm. have found something that they believe to be a more complete system than Ayurveda, then please come and tell me because I haven't honestly found it. Uh -huh. There's no other system I find that really looks at who are you as, um, as a holistic being. So, you know, we used to think many years ago about the fact that we were sort of just we were, we were bodies really that with manufactured thoughts, feelings, and emotions that we mm -hmm. really had no control over. Now we know through modern science, um, which the sages of India have known for thousands of years that uh -huh. we have genetics actually plays in most cases. Uh, I was looking, uh, Deepak's, uh, did a video, I think two days ago that uh, the more research that comes out, the more we're seeing the genetic link is actually lower than what we oh, think it is. Okay. I think it's around percent. Wow. But that's low. Yeah. Obviously, there's some that have a higher genetic predisposition, but it's like 5%. And so a lot of people, which I did, it was kind of like, oh, family history. And I put myself in that box of, yes. because my parents were like that, then that's what I was going to be, mm. you know, um, be having as well. Um, and so it's really unique in the way that it balances the body, the mind, the emotions mm -hmm. and the spirit or soul or whatever your belief system is as far as that goes. So mm -hmm. up until that point, really the majority of the work that I've done was around my body. Mm -hmm. But we now know without a shadow of a doubt that there is a really strong mind-body connection. Right. Okay. That's, that's yeah. So what... What, what were the common sort of um, myths or challenges um, that you, you know, um, came across when you started, you know, delivering uh, the content or, you know, showing people what you learned um, and trying to explain Ayurveda to people? Well, I guess probably the one thing is really getting people to know that they're in control of their health and they mm -hmm. can be empowered to to basically do whatever um how do i word it like um i know i now know that no matter what health issue that i will have i'll mm -hmm. be able to deal with it myself like i have external support and and mentors and and people obviously that i am constantly learning from but i the is the most empowering feeling in the world to know that I have the tools and resources that no matter what comes my way with my health, I have the ability to be able to deal with it within myself. I don't mm -hmm. need to go to any external person. Right. Um, really fundamentally, if you cut out all of the other stuff that I mentioned at its mm -hmm. fundamental level, Ayurveda is about understanding, well, who am I as a body and mind? And then what is that body and mind trying to tell me? Is it sending me signals of, this is or is it right. sending me single 
signals of happiness and then how do I interpret those signals? Right. And how do I interpret those signals, I can't say that word, in a way that is wrong. In a way that is right for me. Okay. So that's really been, I guess, the biggest thing for me is to change people's mindset around. They really do have all of the answers. I'm not right. actually telling anyone anything. Yeah. Um, and Deepak says this. He says, "I'm not telling anyone anything they don't inherently already know. We actually all have the answers uh-huh. already within us. It's just about reminding ourselves about what." that looks like and what is right for us, which is very different for everybody. Uh Um, So I think that's probably been the biggest thing. Or the second thing is about, oh, hang on, what's Ayurveda? I don't know what that is. And um, because when you put that label on it, people sort of go, oh, I don't, I don't never heard of that. I don't know what it is where Mm. a lot of the things that people are doing in their day-to-day life, they're already actually following some sort of an Ayurvedic system. They just don't know it as such. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, the classic classic example that always comes to my mind is people all of a sudden now, you would be noticing um, they started using turmeric in um, their diet. And they, these yeah. pills, turmeric pills, turmeric powder, turmeric latte. Um, funny exactly. enough, people don't even pronounce turmeric correctly because people call it turmeric, but there's an R in the spelling. So it's actually pronounced yeah. turmeric. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> um, it's, exactly. it's sort of my one of my pet peeves. You know, like, like, please don't butcher the word. You know, it's it's pronounced in a certain way, and it's you know there there's a whole meaning behind it. Um, so yeah, that's that's really funny, and um, I I think. Um, um, correct me if I'm wrong, you would have possibly encountered people um, thinking that it's just one of those fad diets uh, or, you know, sort of things that um, take, you know, popularity because celebrities do it. And, um, you know, because um, Deepak Chopra um, being one of, you know, a strong proponent of this lifestyle, people think that, oh, yeah, he's a celebrity and uh, it's just one of his things that he wants to do it, isn't it? Did you ever come across any people? Um, no, because I think that I understand what you're saying. And mm-hmm. yes, I, I get where you're going with that. But no, because I, when I explain this to people, and this is what I was sort of touched on before when I said mm-hmm. about that I do the hard way, because it seems so simple to me yeah. that I went, hang on a minute. My, my mind-body constitution is uh, predominantly a pitta, um, which... People won't know what that is, but there's there's 12 different main types of um, mind-body constitutions you can have. So I urge people the first step to go out and find out what constitution they are because that's mm-hmm. the first step to be yeah. able to then work out, a, you know, a health, a lifestyle that's going to suit them. Um, but basically a pitter is someone that makes everything overcomplicated. So it's like I, I looked at it and went, oh, it's too simple. It can't be that simple. You know, I've been trying to find answers for this uh-huh. health issue for like my whole entire life. How could it be this simple? No, exactly. I, I tried to found every other complicated way of doing it until I was forced to, to simplify it. And sometimes the simple things are the most profound. And, and Absolutely. Really finding people see, they go, oh, my God, this just makes so much sense. It's yeah. so logical. Uh-huh. They finally go, oh, you know, like, why would I not do it? Because it just makes so much sense that that's what I need to do. And I think, too, what makes it easy is because... Um, actually one thing that is difficult I just thought of is that trying to explain to people 
how they can actually feel because our society in Australia and around the world is chronically ill. Yeah. Um, and so I basically go to people with this gift of here's what health can be for you. Oof. And if when it was like for me where I didn't actually know what that looked and felt like, it's like right. trying to explain someone's just come on now. Um, hang on. Oh. Uh, uh, I, yeah, I think he's um, a friend of mine who is um, joining us for the next episode. Uh, but yeah, oh. I think he's just waiting. <laughs> That's that's all good. Um, so um, I would I'd really love to talk to you more about uh, you know uh, the benefits and um, the best you know uh, things that you can do about your health uh, through Ayurveda, and um, I would I'd really love to invite you once again um, on the podcast, and you know we can dig deeper and dwell deeper into this um, conversation. So um, for the moment, if people want to just, you know, trying to um, find a bit more information about, you know, the body, uh, mind connection and the body constitution, what, how do they get started? How do they, how do they do it? And, uh, you know, what, what's required? Um, the best way is I've actually got a, a dosha. So mind body constitution in Sanskrit is called a dosha. So uh -huh. I'll just use that in way, but um the first step is to complete a questionnaire that mm -hmm. works out what your actual constitution is. Mm -hmm. um, I do have one on my website. My web my website's about to be completely relaunched, so I'm I'm a bit reluctant to send people there because I okay. don't like the current really represent. But um, my website is uh, serenaparry.com, mm -hmm. S-E-R-E-N-A-P-A-R-R-Y.com, or people can just contact me. It's contact me at serenaparry.com is my email address. So That's people are excellent. welcome to email me um, and I can send them a copy of that. So really, um, yeah, the first step is to work out what your mind-body constitution is. Mm -hmm. uh, there's usually two parts to the questionnaire. One mm -hmm. is to work out what your birth constitution is. Mm -hmm. The second part is to work out any imbalances that you currently have. And so then to work out whether you do currently have any imbalances and then start to look at the lifestyle things that you need to incorporate to be able to bring yourself back into a point of balance. Mm, so, okay. Um, that's, that's a good starting point. <laughs> that's, that's excellent. Well, like I said, you know, this, this practice is such an ancient practice, 5,000 year old. And I, I think we wouldn't be doing it justice by just spending about 30 minutes and just talking and brushing yeah. over the topic. Um, so yeah. I, I think it's, it's best that we break this, um, you know, session into two part series. Um, and I would, yeah, I would sure. really, really love to dig deeper. And um, I've got so many questions and I'm sure after people listen to this particular episode, they would have more questions. So um, how about, how about we line something up and we, we, we just sort of, uh, you know, pick things up from where we just sort of pause right now. Sounds perfect. That's excellent. Happy to um, do that. And if you let me know what the um, the queries or questions you get, I'm happy to tailor that as well. Depending absolutely. On what, what you're that's that's, to knock out. that's excellent. Um, I really thank you for uh, the time that you've taken. Um, thank you, Talia, for the special guest appearance. <laughs> um, and um, I would definitely love to have her back also, and uh, we can we can have um, a longer, deeper conversation about uh, the subject that we were talking about. No worries. All right. Thank you so much. 
thank you so much and uh, we will see you in the next part of this talk with um, Serena and uh, if you have any questions in the meantime please shoot um, the questions through to either Serena um, on the email address you mentioned earlier or um, leave a message on this podcast or you can just send me a message uh, directly on karma.social on Instagram or karma social on Facebook. All right. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Thank you so much.